Good evening. It is time for the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. So buckle up. We are in for a wild ride. I am your host, Adam Wright, with Justin Tucker, as always. And guys, we actually have a special guest tonight, Brian Costu, host of Down to the Wire at Bryant University in Rhode Island. He is actually one of my personal friends as well. We've been friends for as long as I can remember. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Adam, I'm doing freaking awesome, man. I mean, you know, for anyone who didn't, for, for again, my name is Brian Costa. I'm a sophomore communications major at Bryant University. I host the Down to the Wire podcast. We put we put out new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. We try to get a bunch of bunch of voices on there. I host it with my friend Tyler Tucker. You know, great show to great show to check out. We talk all things sports. I recently had these guys on. I think last month to talk to talk uh, to talk uh, some NFL and some stuff going on there. It was a real good show, and I'm glad to be on this side of the table this time. I'm doing. I'm really glad to be here, Adam, and yeah. Justin. <laughs> How the turntables? Absolutely. First, you have you have us on your show. Now we're on you. We're you're on you're on my show, mm-hmm. our show. So we are. <laughs> so Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, though? How what your major teams you for? All that. Yeah, stuff. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I. You know, I study communications. I'm taking I you know, this is the uh, podcasting and all this stuff is a field that I really, you know, do like to explore, uh, you know, down, you know, at, you know, at Bryant University. I, you know, I've I've, you know, volunteered for positions and I've tried to work out of the radio station, do stuff there. I'm really I'm really good all around campus with that kind of stuff uh, in terms of other journalism uh, things I do at Bryant. I, I work for the student newspaper. I'm a member uh trying to think of other things that I do. I mean, I'm just kind of really all around campus. I, you know, try to be, I try to, you know, be an approachable face. I've had many people on the show that, you know, of, you know, just different areas have had. Recently, I had uh, a candidate for Bryant University student president, Bryant Brown. I had him on the show to talk about some stuff. Uh, but, you know, just general stuff. I'm uh, like Adam. I'm from Sutton, Massachusetts. I am, I'm an avid baseball and football fan, but uh, I can talk about pretty much anything else. Uh, you know, I really just I really just love sports in general and just being able to talk about it in this type of in this type of a forum is really something that excites me. I agree. Something we can agree on. Uh, you and I both we are both uh, we are both diehard Patriots fans as well. We watch yes, we grow up sir. watching mm-hmm. the GOAT, Tom Brady, right, mm-hmm. Justin? He is the GOAT, but uh just admit it, dude. You're good. That's just admit it. It's like an. What AMI. did I just say? I said he is. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. We didn't. We, you didn't say it clearly. You have to say it with authority, and you have to say it. No, like, I don't oh, have yeah, to he's say the it. Go, with but, uh, I'll admit it, but I won't be happy about it. I'd why? be happy about it. Why? Why? Because your argument right now is Joe Flacco, who just signed with the Eagles. No, I just no. I, I, I just don't like Brady. I respect him. That's why he's the greatest. But I don't like him. Okay. If there's one thing you want to learn about Justin, it's Justin loves him some Lamar Jackson. No, I he think Lamar Jackson's Lamar just Jackson. underappreciated. That's all. I don't love him, love him. I just think he's a top uh-huh. seven quarterback. Yeah, I, I, you're being very serious right now. I top can tell seven. You don't top love seven. Him. I mean, I mean, to make the to make the informative decision not to say top ten because you think he's better than that, but not to say top five. I can't put him above uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, and there's one more than um, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you already said Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you already said. Patrick. Other than that, Rogers, I can't really... Rogers, you're missing Rogers. Yeah, Rogers, Rogers. Other than that, it's debatable for like six. Okay. 
I, I think he's I, top six, top seven. I can't put him above anybody else. I'm forgetting who the sixth guy we had was. You said Josh, Josh Allen, Allen, and I refuse Josh to. Allen. I refuse <laughs> Josh to. Josh Allen's better. Allen's In better. your opinion, but no. But let's continue. Not, yeah. not my opinion. It's true. All right. Now we've been going over a lot of, we've been going over a lot of free agency over the past few weeks. Uh, and free agency, make no mistake, it was absolutely crazy. But unfortunately, it is starting to wind down. But as one thing winds down, the NFL draft approaches. It approaches next week, and we have a big announcement for the NFL draft. Last year, it was held in, it was held virtually on a Zoom call. It was, it was interesting. It was an interesting thing. I'm glad they were at least able to hold it, but I think we can all agree, not the same, not quite the same thing. Now, there was a, there was the, the I'll get to the announcement. Is it's going to be held in person now? It will Let's be. Let's go. <laughs> now, so now it is going to be held with vaccinated fans only. Uh, there will be masking and social distancing required. So, and there will also be a capacity limit. So they're certainly taking some precautions to this until this whole, this whole ugly pandemic ends. So guys, regardless of these, of all of these precautions they're taking, is this the right move that we're going, uh, we're moving back in person and starting to move towards normalcy? I mean, personally, I believe, yeah, they're starting to take the right directions. I mean, vaccines are starting to come out now. We're starting to see more and more things open up. And it's nice to actually see, like, the NFL draft back live and in person where we can actually boo Roger Goodell in person instead of (laughs) over TV. That's like a time-honored tradition now. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, you know, you know, just seeing how just, you know, it was just such a it was it just I couldn't describe the amount of despair that it that I felt kind of watching watching an event from Roger Goodell's basement. It just felt so dreary and ugly. And I mean, you know, as you know, I think I think Massachusetts and, you know, Rhode Island, all these other areas, at least near us, are starting to get into like phase four of the reopenings, that, mm-hmm. which means that it's the closest thing to get back towards normalcy. You know, pretty much everything's open. So, I mean, you know, to you know, this will probably be like the first real big event I can at least think in the country that is going to, you know, be like really testing this out. Obviously, there's still going to be precautions in place, but I'm pumped for it. I mean, I think this is 100 percent the right move. You got to get let's get let's get, you know, these fans back cheering on their teams, booing on booing on Goodell. I'm pumped about this. This is going to be this is, you know, one this is going to be one of the I think the key moments in us in us, you know, getting out of this pandemic. And I'm so happy to see it. Absolutely. You know, this is one of those things where like it, you're, things just feel normal again to an extent, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd be one thing to say, like, if this were happening, you know, if this were happening, uh, like if this were happening, uh, without any sort of precautions, vaccine on like people who aren't vaccinated are allowed no social distancing like completely normal like then we could at least make the argument well should we be doing this but they're making all these precautions they're actually like taking steps forward towards normalcy this is a great sign for society in general i mean this if this is the way we're we're trending we could wind up mo- moving back to normal some sometime soon you know w- with making all these steps in the right direction and um i i'm i'm 100% with you, Brian. Uh, that was so awkward. And also, like, just you felt this despair watching this, watching that draft, you know, like watching, like seeing Goodell turn to the screen and go, let's go, guys. And then, like, he's like trying to amp them up and they're booing him, like, it seems, every one of them. It seems like an episode. I mean, 
yeah i mean it seems like an episode of black mirror like you're just like watching like this like dystopian society of things happening and i mean i will give it to the nfl i mean goodell did start off pretty strong he he was kind of sitting there he was sitting there kind of just like he was like really got kind of getting into it he was this very professional thing but i mean i don't know if i mean and you know most people barely watch the first round anyways by the time you get to the day three to, to the day two and day three you know parts of the draft you know, he was literally just like he was literally like vegged out on his couch, just going through like cheese balls and all this stuff. And like he's just like it, he really just turned into a couch potato at that point. And I was like I was like I was like, man, he is he's even starting to feel it. like he was probably just like, I'm going to be on camera for how long? Oh, boy. Yeah, this is really going to this is really going to be uh, <laughs> this is I don't know. He probably he I don't think he realized how how much of a commitment uh, it was going to be in, as opposed to other years. Right. It was just so depressing. You know, like we need we needed to get back to normal at some point. You could at mm-hmm. least like you could under like I understand like it was so like it was so depressing and it was so like it, it just didn't feel right that we were having it, that we were having the draft virtually. But you could you kind of, kind of understand why they were doing it. This is a new virus. The pandemic just broke out the whole the whole society and the entire nation just shut down. So like, you know, there was, there was, it was really hard to sort of see, um, to see, uh, to see us having that draft in person. So like, you know, it was a, it was kind of just a cruddy situation. I'm just glad that we're like a year, a year later, we're finally starting to make steps towards normalcy. Um, but it's just one of those things. I'm just glad, like, I I can cry tears of joy right now. No, I'm. I mean, yeah, no, like when it, when all this first started, we had to we had to like, you know, and all this started, I mean, you know, all the closings, I don't think there was a single person that was happy about it. But when it all did start to shut down originally, people people, you know, we still had major questions. I mean, you know, people thought that the people thought that this was going to be like, you know, one of the one of the more deadlier viruses in like our world's history. Like people were not, not sure as to, you know, how this thing was going to go, how it was going to like affect people our age, how it was going to you know, just really, you know, interact in general. And frankly, we still don't know it a, a whole lot. I mean, we, we've learned a lot more in the past year than we did in, you know, that. And I mean, the draft was in, I think, April or May or, or at least. So we learned, we've definitely learned the more, we've definitely learned more in the past, you know, 12, 13 months than we have in the last two, you know, so, you know, that information is now there, but, you know, when we do look back and just like how much we didn't know, uh, you know, it, it at least, you know, provided the excuse of why it happened. But I'm glad that, you know, it's not going to be this, you know, this depressing site anymore. It's that's one of the things I'm very glad about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly agree with that part. You know, this is this is all we're start like we're this is just such a, a big step forward in like our society that we're doing this. Um, but, you know, I, I just couldn't. At the same time, could you really have seen us not having this draft in person? Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. Like, I don't see them. I don't see a scenario where they could have made a decision where they're not having this in person. I feel like they would have done this. Like, I don't think this was even in the in the realm of possibility that they would have said, "Yeah, let's do this virtually." You know. I mean, it's. I could see it being within the realm of possibility. I mean, they could have just said they could have basically, you know, just. You know, they could have phoned it in. They they 100 percent could have phoned it in would have saved them a lot of money, too. I mean, they they could have really just said we're going to go back to Goodell's basement. You know, like, I mean, I don't know what the ratings are for the draft anyways. I mean, you know, they're probably not going to be as high as they were during during the initial start of the pandemic because everyone was literally locked in their houses and no one knew what to do. 
I mean, so so they could have really, you know, kind of kept that money from having this big celebration and, you know, and, you know, incurring all this risk. But I'm glad they're doing it. I mean, it's it, it shows that the NFL is, it you know, wants to get back to normal just as much as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Right. They made money then. But, you know, that was back when people were locked into their houses. Now, yep. like now they're not locked into their houses. If you, if you try to do this again, people are going to be like, Jesus Christ, man, like, get, let's get going. And I feel like the, the ratings will be down. Um, I just don't think it would have been the the right the right move. It would it probably would have hurt them more. Uh, I just couldn't. I, I real honestly, I can't see a scenario where they would have thought like you know this is a good idea to because I don't think like sure they probably got good ratings back then because you know they were already hosted like they were already they were already everybody was already locked in their room in. Rooms like this was the event, like the event to turn in to tune into because nothing was going on at the time. Now, like society, like society's different now. We're starting to open up, and when the, you have the draft again, virtually, it's you're kind of just behind the times, and people are gonna be like, "Come on, just get with it," you know. hundred oh, percent. Um, so yeah. you know, let's go. Let's have a great yeah. in-person draft. Let's mm-hmm. get into it, and you know, and you know, like let's hope that the main let's hope that the main takeaway from it. Is is the players who are picked and let and not the and not the you know after effects of having all those people there. I'm pumped to see it. Right. Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. go. We're back. The draft is coming up. We're gonna. I'm. We're all gonna hang out and do it. It's gonna be awesome. All right. Now going into the now going into the draft uh, specifically, going a little bit in more in depth. Um, we haven't been we haven't talked much about. Uh, about this, about the draft uh, going into uh, so far yet, um, but I'll ask you guys what what are some thoughts that you have going into this draft specifically? Uh, for me, as it refers to the Ravens, uh, I was expecting by now we would have traded Orlando Brown Jr. I was I've been expecting it for a while, hopefully for a first round pick. And to be honest, I'm surprised he's still on our team. Uh, I thought he'd be long gone by now. I thought hopefully the Chargers or Minnesota would bite and we can get a higher pick. So we have two first round picks and maybe uh, package that to get higher or even higher in the first round with that. But yeah, as far as everything else, Houston not doing much. <laughs> well, Houston's doing the a Dolphins lot. Not doing much. Houston has done a lot. I will say that. And I mean, and, not all and it, of it's good. Uh, I wouldn't say any of it's good. They're pretty much they're oh, falling yeah, apart yeah. at the seams. They, they're, they're, they're falling apart at the seams. They have brought in a lot of talent there. Well, not I wouldn't say talent, but they've brought in a lot of bodies. I would say. Yeah, I mean, I mean a lot of 2016. I'd be happy. Yeah, a lot of running backs and a lot of just quarterbacks in general. Like that, it. it I mean, it's becoming apparent that they're trying to, to that they're going to be trying to repro- uh, replace Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So another one thought is uh, so now the New England Patriots, they're so we weren't sure what they were gonna draft uh, going into free agency because they had so many needs. Your guess was would be as good as mine. I thought in going into free agency, I was thinking uh, Kyle Pitts, go out and take Kyle Pitts. My my thought was what I wanted was I want to do in free agency. Let's take Corey Davis, draft Kyle Pitts. And then maybe uh, try to bring in a, a bridge quarterback, and you sort of build around that quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. But what they did was they already took two tight ends. Um, mm-hmm. And I, now I also thought, well, let, maybe they're going to go and address the defense. They kind of already did in like like everywhere. They brought in Matthew Judon. They brought in uh, some help up front in that in the interior of the defensive line. Um, so now there's been a lot of rumors about them taking a quarterback now, um, about them specifically trading up. And, you know, there's always been there's always been rumors about this. But the reason I find this interesting is because one player, one player who came in in free agency, his name is Hunter Henry. And I've talked about this a little bit on the show before in, in recent weeks, is that Hunter Henry said prior to free agency, he said, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to be paid. But at the same time, I'm not stupid. I want to win. I want to be a I want to uh, play with he said specifically, I want to play with a good quarterback. Now, he says that and then he turns around and he goes to Cam Newton. So the now it's either he was lying about that and he just was actually going after the money or he he was he's been told that someone is coming. And now they haven't done they haven't done anything in free agency and there's there it um, most likely the, the the trades are those are off. All right. Um, but there's been a lot of rumors and I find it interesting that there's been rumors about them trading up in the draft and them also um, and them also needing a quarterback. So you know there here's another thing. Um, Corey Davis earlier today, he's a, he is a, uh, he is a New York jet. He was asked about Sam Darnold. He said he's under the impression he's under the impression he's been told that Sam Darnold's going to be the quarterback th- this year. Now, if they don't take a quarterback, they may end up trading back because Zach Wilson is projected to go in that in, se- in the second with the second overall pick. Just me personally, I think it's, it wouldn't make sense for them to draft something other than a quarterback at number two. They'd have to trade back. Now, who's looking to trade up? The New England Patriots for a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields. Now, this is a this is a bit of a conspiracy, but like what if? What if they are looking to trade up trade back and there's one team that's that might be quarterback hungry, but they may be looking to go with something else. And the Patriots who are quarterback hungry and are looking to trade up you know, this is an interesting thing here. I don't think there's ever been a bigger story for it, for the new the for the uh, for the uh, the draft for the Patriots in the first round since mm-hmm. not since Drew Bledsoe, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I have some I have some difficulty believing that you know essentially you know I mean obviously it isn't as brutal as the Red Sox and the Yankees, but. In terms of the Patriots and the Jets making up making a trade, so so uh. that so that so, so that New England, you know, the team is the team that has beaten your team down over the past literally twenty years. You know, you know, every time you show up, you know, they they're the team that made you famous for the butt fumble. They're the team that has really just you know rubbed everything in your face these past twenty years, and you're going to make a trade with them so that way they can go take a quarterback. I find that hard to believe. I mean, again, anything is possible. Uh, but, you know, that's just a very difficult thing for me to believe. Now, Justin, I, I do have to wonder, but seeing Matthew Judon go to go to the Pats and losing losing out on him, what were your thoughts on that? And, you know, and what, are, you know, just in general, where do you kind of stand with that? I'm upset with it. I saw it coming. I know we couldn't afford 
the same way I felt about Yannick Ngakwe. It was only, yeah. we couldn't keep both of them. Both of them are amazing, but at the same time, I'm not paying 13 million for Yannick, and I'm not paying 16 million for Matthew Judon. So I believe you guys got a very good player in Matthew Judon, and I expect y'all to do good things with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I I just th- I think with all the acquisitions the Patriots have made this off season at free agency, I have a hard time believing they're going to take a uh, they're going to take a, a defensive player. Although he, this is Bill Belichick we're talking about, and when it, com- when it comes to Bill Belichick in the draft, expect the unexpected. Like, so. like you expect them to go one way and they go the other. The complete Which opposite. What you want if they trade it up? That is a tough one. Um, I believe. I, like I've said before, I believe that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going one and two, and it's going to be hard for them to be drafting to get up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did now. I it's a possibility that since the the Jets maybe they will trade back. Um, but like but like Brian said, why would they trade with us? Then again, they are the Jets, and there's a difference between the Yan- Yankees, Red Sox, where both organizations are fairly competent, and there's Patriots Jets, where it's kind of one is smart and one's a complete and utter disgrace to football. Just yeah, disgrace to football. I mean, they don't know what the hell they're doing I mean, out there. I mean, I don't know. I I looked it up one time. You know, Joe Namath, who is the Jets' golden boy. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know who has you know who has a better like touchdown to interception ratio than that guy? Jake Jay freaking Cutler has a better touchdown to interception ratio than Joe Namath. Mm-hmm. Jake Cutler is kind of a special case, though. It is weird. That is stupid, though. I don't know. He's, I just he's thought, a special I, case. I don't know. But, like, and the reason I bring up Jake Cutler is because, like, they actually have a very similar, like, career kind of thing because they both started around the same time. Jake Cutler around 24 and Namath around 23. And I forget. Cutler had about, like, 200-something touchdowns to about 100, you know, maybe 70 or something so interceptions. Whereas Namath, I think, had, like, 173 touchdowns, 200 and, I think, 20 interceptions. Like, it is. like, and just like different stats in general, yet just because Namath played, played in the big apple and he became New York's golden boy, he's in the hall of fame. Which and is he has crazy. a ring. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's touted as one of these NFL legends where, you know, all respect to Joe Namath. I could never do what he did ever. I could never step on a football field and do what he did. And again, he played in the sixties. It was, it was a different era. Run running was a very, you know, running the football was, was definitely, you know, something more you focused on in the game. But, you know, you look at like, but, you know, you look at him as a Jets legend, whereas whereas, you know, you know, many other guys have been able to do, you know, much, much more things, you know, you know, much better things. I mean, and again, no offense to Joe Namath. He's a great guy, great quarterback. But, you know, you look at him and it's just like and you don't see and it's just not a comparable comparison to some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it, it's interesting. I'm not sure. <sighs> It's going to be hard for me to I like I just found that interesting. I got that update while I was in class and I was thinking like and this was while I was now I was kind of doing some research while I was in class. I had my laptop open and I was looking at rumors about the Patriots possibly trading up for this show tonight and I get this update and I'm like interesting. So mm-hmm. they're trying to trade up and this team doesn't even who's drafting at number 2 doesn't want to take a quarterback. You know, that's there's a possibility here that they might trade back and they may be that desperate to just to ha- to get a trade trade partner that they'll be like, hey, like you guys are looking to trade up. So why don't we help each other out? 
Now, mm-hmm. for the number two pick, that may take that may take an, an extra first round pick. But for Zach Wilson or for a Justin Fields or for a Justin Mac Fields, Jones. who is a Mac Jones. I mean, why would think they Mac trade? Mac Jones is going to be taking the second. But yeah, they they do need to trade. They certainly need to. I think they need to take a quarterback and. I'm I'm just not sure if all of these quarterbacks are going to last until pick 15. Trey Lance is not going to la- last until 15, most likely. Mm-hmm. No. Justin not. Fields will not last until 15. No. Yeah. And in terms of Belichick trading up, I would say I would say this, and you know, why would he trade up for a guy like that? I mean, I looked last year's draft, and I see him I see him trade up for two I see him trade up for two tight ends, Devin Asiasi and and um, uh, Dalton Keene. Neither one were an were an impact last year, and and because of that, he had to go to he had to go to free agency this year and actually spend on guys. So I mean, with Bill Belichick, if he values a guy enough that he is willing that he doesn't want any chance of of a guy going, I think he's I think he'd be willing to do whatever. I mean, I don't know what the what the situation with Trey Lance is. I mean, I guess he didn't go to his pro day. I don't know what I I mean. Alabama's was today, but I don't know if he went. I don't know if he went there to go check out to go check out Mac, mm-hmm. uh, but. You know, it's it's a very interesting situation. That's all I can say. I mean, it's gonna we're gonna have to wait and see with you know with Bill Belichick because frankly, the only one, the only person who knows that the I mean, Nick Casario used to have a clue, but the only one who definitely has a clue of what's going on in Bill Belichick's head right now is Bill Belichick. But but if I'm the Patriots, I'd probably prefer Justin Fields over like uh, Zach Wilson, just because of he can mentor under Cam Newton and take away some positives more so than the negatives, yeah, and just be under him for a year and then take over in year two. I mean, the Ohio State quarterback, though. I mean, like you, you know, for some reason, for some reason, guys out of that school just haven't been able to adjust as as well. There's Me something look- with that kid that there's something with kids coming out of that draft out of that school, and I mean, I mean, Cardo. Like Cardell Jones, good. JT Barrett, uh, Braxton Miller had to become a receiver. I mean, it, it's very weird. Like just for some reason, kid, you know, kids coming out of that school, like there's just there is just a gap for some reason, but even though it is mainly a quarterback where that happens. Yeah. You know, we there was a uh, who is who is this kid? Who is the other kid? Uh, or um, Ezekiel Elliott. He was he played for Ohio State. So I feel like it's more of a I feel like it's more of a. Um, a quarterback. quarterback thing, and it's yeah. the same thing with LSU. They haven't been able to draft to draft a quarterback, but maybe this this is one of those things. LSU they developed Joe uh, Joey Burrow, who came. Yeah, maybe it's one of those things. Yeah, from, who came from Ohio State. So I mean, the one guy they let go ends up become begins up becoming the first pick of the draft. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, maybe. And I mean, you know, it was a similar situation with Alabama quarterbacks. I mean, you know, for a long time, you look at guys like A.J. McCarron, who's just been a career backup in the league. You know, there are just some guys that I can't even name for Alabama. But, you know, their programs were good enough to take them to the national championship. But you look at these. Uh, but you look recently and you and you've seen guys like Jalen Hurts get get a shot in the, in the NFL for the Eagles. You see two you see Tua, who a lot of people have some questions with with Miami. But, you know, I think that but he has a chance to, you know, still prove himself. And now Mac Jones coming out. They they've seemed to figure some stuff out there. While while uh, Ohio State still still seems to be in a bit of a rut with guys. Again, Fields could be the Fields could be the guy who breaks through, but there still has been. But you know, those are two schools that have very very good football programs, but lately have yet to produce you know exceptional talent at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. So if so, Brian, let's say let's say they whatever pick they wind up with, yeah. Justin Fields falls down to your pick. 
Do you take him? I mean, again, I, I mean, Trey Lance is, is an interesting guy, but he really hasn't played a lot of football in too long. I mean, uh, Mac Jones definitely has more of a body of what, of what, you know, of what Josh McDaniels is used to at a, as a quarterback. I mean, you know, he definitely has more of a Brady type of body just in, you know, doesn't really move around too much. I guess he ran a pretty decent 40 time uh, than what people were expecting him to run. Uh, but, you know, but, you know, I, I, he's, he's just a much, you know, maybe that might be a guy that fits Belichick system more. I, I don't really like Jones as much. He does seem in my mind, he just seems a bit more robotic in the way he does things. But that, but that was a similar way I felt, I felt about Josh Allen when he was coming out. I thought that he was just going to be more of like, you know, I thought he was going to be a very old fashioned type of quarterback. Whereas, you know, he, come, he's come in the league and he's torn things up. So, I mean, you know, my evaluation skills aren't all that, but I mean, Justin Fields, when he was playing against Clemson and all those guys, he was able to light some things up and, you know, he made, you know, he put some people on notice. So I think that, you know, if he's there, I'd love the Pats to give him a shot. Yeah. I mean, like people are, people are drawing comparisons to uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, especially for him coming out of the draft, like the way he was sort of more of like an athlete who could just, who could just do everything. Yeah. Um, so I really do. I really like him. I, the only reason I'm like a lot of people, the only reason I'm skeptical is because of the place where he was drafted. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. I'm not sure what I would take him if he was, if he fell there, you're, you're pulling I'd, the I'd, trigger. I'd roll, I'd roll the dice. Okay. He's he, it's just too good to pass up. Like mm-hmm. think about it this way. If he, if he, if they take him and they, he winds up being a bust, he would, you would say like, well, if you're that they would, people would say, well, if you were in his position, in their position, in Bill's position, and somebody like that, a quarterback prospect like that fell to you, you'd take the chance. Oh, and yeah, 100%. like, say, let's say they pass on him and he turns into this all time great player. It's going to be gonna like get you, blowback gonna, from that. Like, yeah, it's going to bite gonna, him in the, in the ass for the rest of his career. Yeah. For the rest of his life. You know, it's going to turn into you passed on, on the guy you had your answer from Brady and you passed on him. So, I mean, you know, if it does fall to Belichick, you know, we will get a real test to see, you know, see, you know, like how, you know, how strong willed is, is bill. If, you know, if it comes down to him, you know, trying to decide, you know, do I bring in Micah Parsons, the linebacker at a Penn state who a lot of people have been drawing comparisons to, you know, being, being a new England guy, uh, you know, over Justin Fields. Like, I don't think it would ever get that far. I think fields would go up and would go earlier. So I think they'd have to trade for him. Uh, but you know, if it came to that position, you know, you know, we'll get a real chance to see, you know, how how dead set is Bill Belichick on taking his guys when he has a, when he has a pick that isn't in the 30s or, or, or high 20s. Right. Yeah, it's like like I said, so I think we can agree if if Justin Fields follow, falls down there, they, they the Patriots just have to take him mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. unless there's a Trey Lance out there. But I'm not sure if you that that's just a tough decision, but. I mean, beggars can't be choosers at this point. If you're at 15 and and they take and one of those guys falls down, do you pull that trigger? You take that guy. Yeah. Regardless. All right. Now we're gonna we're gonna transition more over to free agency, which has wound down a little bit, but we there is one of the biggest dominoes that has fallen. Kenny Galladay, he signs with the New York Giants on a four-year, 76 million dollar deal. So he was paid. He, he was paid a little bit. Big and one. so now the, the Giants, they, needed, they need that number one wide receiver. They get him. And don't look now, but Daniel Jones, he now has 
the likes of Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Engram, and Saquon Barkley, all at his disposal in this offense. Now, uh, and their, their, their defense is still pretty good as well from last year. So now, um, the big question here, is this kind of a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones? Is this going to be is this going to define what his career will be like? Will this be the determining factor of whether or not this kid can fi- can actually play? Absolutely. Justin? It has to be. It, it's this time. It's year three now. He has, it has to be proven. Not only did they improve on defense, they absolutely improved on offense. Kenny Galladay, congratulations for getting paid. He's now on their roster. Darius Slayton, a good wide receiver, is on their roster. Sterling Shepard, a great number three is on their roster, and you have a running back as good as Saquon Barkley on your team. I mean, there's no excuses now. You you better come out and perform. Uh, you you know, have Evan, to. Is Evan Ingram coming back too? Yes. Ingram's back, yeah. yeah. Ingram's Ingram. back. Kyle Rudolph's on the team now. Yeah. Like, you have a red zone threat. You have a guy that can work in between the 20s with Evan Ingram. Like, you have a running game now. Like, there's no like, excuse why you can't perform to the best of your yeah. ability now. And you have that defense backing you up, who just now added another cornerback in Dory Jackson, who will help that defense out with an already stacked cornerback group with uh, Logan Ryan and James Bradbury. So yeah. it's time for you to step up now. I mean, you know, Joe Judge is, you know, making it, you know, for a long time, the, you know, New I, England I like coach, him. Yeah, for a long time, the New England coaching tree has been, you know, has been, you know, a tough one for guys to fall off. I mean, you look at the situation with, with Bill O'Brien as a Houston Texan. That mm-hmm. really kind of that really blew up in his face. You look at Matt Patricia with the Lions uh, and, you know, even guys earlier in their careers, you know, had a lot had some you know difficult stints once once they left the team. But, you know, Matt, uh, but, you know, Brian Flores down, down with the Dolphins has seemed to change their culture and really is and really seems to, you know, be a be a real hit down there. And Joe Judge, I mean, a special teams coach for, for, for a team has been able to go over has been able to go to New York and, you know, completely, you know, you know, overhaul that entire atmosphere around around this team. He's been able to recruit guys to to, to the city. And I mean, just to be able to see that in about just one year of time is incredible. I mean, you know, but obviously for Daniel Jones, you know, the guy, a lot of, you know, the, you know, every, you know, everyone has been wondering from you for the longest time you were taken so early, you know, than most guys would have anticipated. You know, a lot of people thought you, you were going to be a, you were going to be a second round guy. The fact that, you know, the Giants went up and took you at this point meant they valued you really highly. And I mean, you know, while you could have been that well, you could have been a day two guy and that would have meant that you got a little more a little more leeway. It is your year three. You got to start. You got to start, you know, pulling your weight around here. And if you can't do it with these guys and with and with these weapons, then I mean, you, you know, th- then, yeah, the, the New York Giants will have to go out and search for a, for a new guy at the position because, you know, if you can't if you can't throw to one of these guys. You're not going to be able to make it in the NFL when 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 you're throwing it, you know, much less. Mm-hmm. So there's it's no secret that since uh, that since Daniel Jones has been drafted into the league, he's drawn so many mixed reviews. Like there's mm-hmm. so many people who are saying, well, he has a lot of potential. But on the other side, it's well, like he hasn't really been performing up to up to his stand up to the standards that the Giants have held him to. Yeah. Um, and the main, the all the people who are saying, well, he has so much potential. He's had built-in excuses for the for the the entirety of his career, basically I, saying, well, he hasn't had a roster to work with. He hasn't had any targets. He hasn't had. He, he's kind. He's had a. He's had defenses, but his offensive line's been garbage. Yeah. Um, and here's one thing. 
uh, that offensive line still isn't isn't really improved quite too much. And um, when they and when you um, when you go into the season, sure, he'll have that excuse. But if he performs this, but you offensive line or not, when you have these targets, when you have a defense like you do and you still it's still the same result, that's a problem. You should yeah. at least be able to to play play at a at a high level with the the team that you have surrounding you, regardless of the offensive line, and at least be able to show some flashes and show your and flash your true show who you truly are, and then put the blame on the offensive line. Make it make that offensive line look really bad. Make that make everybody blame them, not you, Daniel Jones. Yeah, and I mean then we can actually look at Daniel Jones as a competent NFL quarterback. But if he's not able to do that, they, they're going to have to look elsewhere. No, I mean, I, I I forget what it is, but he's been on like an insane streak of, of you know, of going of playing a game. And and I don't think he's been able to play like I forget how many games it's been that he's been able to, you know, play and not have a turnover. He's had a turnover. I think like I forget the streak that it, that it that it was. But he was on this incredible streak where he couldn't go a game without having a turnover. And, you know, the Giants were still able to get some wins, but. You know, you know, he was averaging at least one turnover a game, and it's like that, dude. You can't do that and be and be a quarterback in the NFL. That's just not something that you know. That's just not something that you know. Thirty-two guys in the league, you know, are trying to do. Yeah, right. right. And I and a lot of those turnovers were uh, were fumbles. So I put that. So I gave him a little bit of a pass early on because I thought like at first, like because a lot of them were fumbles. I was like, okay, he's not working with a great offensive line. So like I kind of understand it. But now, like, as his career has kind of gone on, the interceptions have racked up as well. And I wonder if it's something – now, this is something where I wonder if this is something where he it's starting to creep into his head and where the kid's getting into his own head. And that could be something that's on the Giants for not putting a, a good team around him. I preach that constantly. If you're going to bring in a young kid, you need to set him up for success and not just – screw him over like they've done with Daniel Jones but at the same time I now that they now that they have given him something now he now it's the the balls in his court he needs to perform yeah I mean I mean you know Justin I mean I know that the Ravens were actually able to sneak were actually able to steal one of the Giants you know main guard Zeitler from them I mean yeah Kevin Zeitler he's not gonna be defend he's not gonna be protecting Lamar Jackson he earned himself a really he earned himself a healthy contract you know just you know during this free agency period so you know, I'm I'm wondering how I'm wondering how sorely uh, Jones is going to end up missing him, especially. So I mean, you know, you're talking about possible holes in the O line. You know, when you're taking out a, when you're taking out a solid piece like that, and you know, replacing him, I'm assuming probably with a rookie or some veteran guy that you'll bring into free agency later on. It's you know, I mean, it's not a great start for him, but you know, with the weapons you have, man, you got to perform. It there's there's no excuse anymore. If you put any other guy in this system, like like. You wouldn't expect anything less of them. I think that that it's time we got to you know you know really put the pressure on Daniel Jones. It's time for him to come out and it's time for him to perform. Mm-hmm. Right, one hundred percent. All right, now looking at free agency as a whole, free agency, like I said, it's winded down a little bit. Um, so now that it's a lot of the dust has settled, a lot of the dominoes have fallen. Uh, we're gonna do a little activity. Who? Uh, we're going to go through the winners and the losers of free agency. So you guys name one winner of free agency. We're going to go around and then we'll name one loser of free agency, the biggest loser and the biggest winner of free agency. We'll start it. We'll start with winners. So Justin. Ah, boy, I think the biggest winner so far in free agency is the Patriots. 
I believe they addressed most of the needs they needed to. I believe they gave Cam Newton some weapons to work with and eventually a quarterback of the future to work with. I believe they solidified that defense even more. And I believe this will help them forward to actually win more games and hopefully make a push towards the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I mean, I got to agree with you there. The the Pats have been absolutely, you know, as a Pats fan, you know, you look towards moves like this in free agency. Like, you know, one of these moves would have been a groundbreaking move. Like, like the local news would have had would have had like a would have had to like, you know, have a breaking news moment. I mean, I remember when Darrell Rivas signed here and like the world mm-hmm. stopped. It was like I remember like Sports Center had like had this in. Like they literally went to breaking news. It was, it was, it was, and it was basically just like, oh my God, Darrell Reeves is coming to New England. Like, and it was like, oh my God, monumental star comes to the Patriots, and it's this big news. So I think when all of this happened in one day, I don't think Pats fans actually knew how to comprehend it. So, you know, the other thing I'm excited about the with the Pats too is I don't know if you guys have been seeing all the stuff going on. Uh, I don't know if you know the thing called Pats West right now. Uh, you know, a bunch of New England players are you know out west, like in California and different areas of the country. And they're kind of having their own little training camp right now. You know, Cam's shown up. Uh, Jared Stidham's shown up. I put a, uh, for anyone who does follow down the wire, I put out a post of it that you know Stidham did of it on my story earlier today on on down to the wires page. You know, uh, and you know another thing I heard Stidham say is is let's get the newness out of the way so that when we get into training camp, we're ready to roll and we're ready to get this thing on the road. And you know, so far Nelson Aguilar has shown up. Hunter Henry has shown up. You know, Cam and Cam and Stidham are there doing their thing. Kendrick Bourne seems like a really fun dude too. And it seems like it's not even like the fact they're doing training camps or having team bonding. Kendrick Bourne posted that, uh, that Pent posted that the guys were going paintballing and, you know, they were kind of having some fun in that area. So, I mean, you know, there does seem to be a fun element with these guys and they want to, you know, really engage with each other and get that chemistry out of the way. And I'm pumped to see that. But again, uh, another team that I think has been killing it free agency fo- so far, Adam, I think you'd agree with me here is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, while they haven't, you know, brought in any, anyone, you know, too new, They've solidified it. They've solidified the pieces they need. They needed, and they were able to do it before anything started in free agency. They brought back. They brought back Shaq Barrett. They were able to resecure guys. They were able to resecure guys like Gronk, and you know they brought back key pieces that they need to do. And they did it all before the start of free agency. And it, and it was all and it also was all capped off based on the fact that Brady, you know, did a restructured contract. It was a it's a it was a four year extension, but. But it was really just a one year on top of the on top of the two year deal he signed. The last three are basically all kind of just fudged years. Like it's likely that he maybe he plays all four and he plays till he's 48 years old. With Brady now, I have no clue what the guy's going to do. It's anything's possible with him. He could play till he's 48, but uh, it looks like it looks like it's just a way for him to kind of, you know, uh, you know, push out his signing bonus and make it so that way, you know, the team can go and spend more and, you know, spend more for guys, which, you know, guess what was something that he really liked to do here. But Belichick really never, you know, answered the call with with him on that. So uh, but, you know, I'm, I think the Bucks absolutely killed it. I can't I think that, you know, the Pats obviously did great, too. Adam, I'll, I'll pass it off to you. All right. Now, two two teams you guys bring up, Buccaneers, Patriots, two that are actually brought up a ton throughout the league that they're the biggest winners. The Buccaneers, they're the winners of free agency, and they didn't even sign a team, a guy from outside the organization who was mm-hmm. previously with on the on a different team. And that might just be enough because all he had to do was bring the gang back together, and Brady in year two is going to light it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patriots, restocked roster. They really had to do that. They needed this. Uh, yes. They bring in two tight ends. They haven't had that great tight end duo since Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski where – 
Uh, if you guys remember, Tom Brady thrived in that offense early, like those really early 2000s, like two, 2010 to 2012. He I mean, was it, playing I mean, the best. I mean, you know, the first year we really had to implement it with those guys, and they weren't rookies. We went to a Super Bowl. Like, it it really worked. Brady threw a touchdown to Hernandez in that game. I mean, you know, right. when— I mean, that thing was that thing was, you know, gr- going great. I mean, 20, 2012, I think we ended up losing to Baltimore in 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 the AFC championship game. But mm-hmm. uh, but we were missing guys like that. I think Gronk at that point was out. And, you know, the only guy who really was in that game was Wes Welker, who, you know, was an impact for us. You know, he ironically left the very next year. Uh, but, you know, but, you know, you know, I don't know, like, the, you know, hopefully, you know, John New Smith and Hunter Henry can actually, you know, give us that Gronk and Hernandez thing without the, you know, without the possible murder investigation of one of our tight ends. You know, hopefully we can avoid that this time around. Yeah. Now, yes, these guys are big winners, but everybody's talking about these teams, these two teams, because Mm -hmm. one has Tom Brady. They may be a a lowly organization, but they have Tom Brady. So obviously Tom Brady's going to sneeze and they're going to report it. Oh Um, yeah. uh, Patriots, they were former dynasty, Bill Belichick, there's a whole dynamic going on. There's a whole story happening between the Buccaneers and Patriots, between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick ever since Bill Bell- ever since Tom Brady left. Um, however, I'm going to go in a different di- direction than both of you and show some love to a team that hasn't really gotten any attention, and I'm, surpri- I'm a little surprised by it, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're most likely going to be drafting Trevor Lawrence. And we know Jacksonville did not have a good team this past year. They didn't have the best roster. Um, But they decided to go into free agency and they said, let's build a team around this kid who they're going to draft. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love when teams take care of – when they nurture a young quarterback who comes in. Now, they bring in – they have DJ Chark, kind of their – like almost their number one guy. They bring in Marvin Jones, who is a veteran presence. He could be he could be a guy who they who could really help Trevor Lawrence and be that one reliable target. They bring in they bring in Carlos Hyde to uh, back up uh, uh, James Robinson, who could be to create a solid uh, running game for for Trevor Lawrence to uh, lean on. And they they they've fortified that defense, bringing in the uh, big name Shaquille Griffin and bringing in a lot of different guys, not to particularly flashy guys, but but serviceable to keep the to keep the offense off the field, to give Trevor Lawrence a bit of a break. Now, mm-hmm. uh, this this Jacksonville Jaguars team hasn't gotten any attention, but I love the moves they're making and to bring in a generational talent like uh uh, a potentially generational talent in Trevor Lawrence. Um, they're doing the, all the right things to sort of prep for this new uh, arrival for this this guy who has extremely high expectations as is. So you know this is uh, yeah. I think this is the team that hasn't shown any gotten any love, and I really do think they deserve it. You know, Adam, I find it I do find it funny that you know, Justin, you probably don't know about this, but for Adam to show love to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, Adam, you used you. I remember you got. I remember the AFC championship during, game during the AFC championship game. Adam, you got you got into a little spat with some Jaguars fan pages. I mean, I remember you used to. I remember that. I yep. remember you. I remember you. I remember you started basically an Instagram war with these guys. Oh and and I remember I remember you know people people just being like, man, man, is Adam like okay? Like he's going off on a war right now. 
I mean, I remember you going off on an absolute warpath on some Jags fans, just, you know, completely trashing them for, for basically saying Saxonville and all this stuff. Let me ex- let me I'm, I'm just surprised. Thing. I mean, you know, maybe, I mean, you can, you know, now you can, you can support them now while they're down. And frankly, I'll do the same. I think Jacksonville's done some great stuff too. I just find it funny that of the one team that you're willing to, to, to say, good job, you guys. It's the team that, you know, I think like, let's face it. Like what, what was it now? Like maybe three, four years ago, you were absolutely destroying in leveling. <laughs> mm-hmm. let, let me, let me explain one thing. I wasn't Go going to it. war with Jacksonville Jaguars fans. They were going to war with me. Let me explain one thing. <laughs> I followed a Jacksonville Jaguars page and I was actually that one year when they went like 10 and six, they had Leonard Fournette. They had a great defense, the Saxonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I followed this fan page and I was like, I, I'm kind of getting into this team. They're a likable team. They're fun. That is until Jalen Ramsey got a little arrogant, like very arrogant. Now he's a complete D-bag. He's always been like that. Like that fan page got really, really arrogant. It became apparent to Adam. And they were like – they were talking like poorly about the Patriots. And one time I said – I said – and they were talking about the – they were talking about how they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I go like, well, uh, good luck getting through us. Hashtag go Pats. And you cannot believe, you will not believe the amount of hatred I got from wow. that one on comment. On one one kid told me to go kill myself. Another kid tell, told me I look like a straight geek bro and that I should go like, like, it, it's bad. It was bad. I got so much hate for just saying, well, I'm a Patriots fan. Good luck, guys. I'll see you well, in the playoffs. Well, you should watch out. I mean, I mean, you can't even say anything bad about the Bucks now because, you know, they all bet that's who that's their new team now. They just all be good mm-hmm. Bucks fans. You know, yeah. let me let me tell you something about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love Tom Brady. I could give two rats asses about <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> when the Buccaneers lose, let me let me let me you give you a little give bit of something. You could give two rats asses, or you couldn't. I couldn't. Really? Why two? But you could give one. I I can give let alone one. I can give one, let alone two. All right, but. Let me let me put it this way. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year were 0 and 5. Okay. Tom Brady was 11 and 0 last year. And the Tampa okay, Bay Buccaneers I see how it is. I see how it is. Okay. I see right. how you're right. When they lose, it's it's it Tampa is. Bay's fault. When they lose, it's Tampa Bay's fault. When they win, it's Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. I can so when Tom Brady throws three picks, how do you explain that? Well, who won that game? The Saints. Which game? The Saints in the regular season. I thought that was two picks. Oh, we're talking about a different game. But yeah. 38 to 3. He threw three picks. Buccaneers lost that game. The defense was terrible. Okay. Okay. You keep doing that. You keep you keep <laughs> doing that. Defense was terrible. And I, I don't know. I, th- I mean, I, Brady's not helping much. I find it interesting how the as soon as – Antonio Brown goes to that team. They were a fairly well-oiled machine. People forget they were six and two going into that game. Antonio Brown comes in, they lose three or four. <laughs> I'm just saying they, there must have been some sort of pressure for them I mean, when they were a- going into that game. I mean, it didn't help AB either. The fact that the fact that Antonio Brown. I mean, it was the fact that right after two, it was found out like literally. I think within a couple of days of AB making his debut. The news came out that I think like he threw a bike at a security guard. And I was like, I was like, I was like, my Please. God, like, like, like this guy cannot just catch a break. Like can't get like, out of his own way. You know, man, if, you know, if Vontez perfect didn't rock his world, he, he'd be, 
he'd be on pace to, you know, be on Jerry Rice level. Yeah. You know, it all ended when it all ended when Vontez Perfect just completely, you know, took that guy's head off. And and now we now he shows up to training camps in hot air balloons. He really hasn't been the same. Like we can all agree like he hasn't been the same since that happened. No, I he's feel so the same A B numbers wise. I'm I'm not sure if he's the same person. No, right. No, I, 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 so, like, no, I feel so bad for him. I mean, I watched a video of A B. Like there was a video of A B beforehand and like he was he seemed like so like happy and like everything like that. And, and he he was just like, I love to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. I love Big Ben. I love like doing I love playing the game of football and I love all this. And then the and then the perfect had happened. And you know, I remember during an interview he sat down and he said he, he said he didn't think he had CTE, but I mean, I think the guy has the, something happened to him after that hit. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now let's go into uh let's transition into who are the losers? The losers of free agency. Justin? There's so many, but first and foremost, how about them cowboys? How about them? <laughs> they did absolutely nothing other than sign Dak Prescott. I mean, is there an end to safety from Atlanta, which should tell you a lot, which should tell you a lot. Other I than mean, that, they are clear I mean, cut the, the losers of this of this free agency. My God, they didn't feel fill any holes. I mean, for some reason, the Cowboys, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I got to at least give the Cowboys credit because, you know, Justin, you know, for some reason for them, signing Dak Prescott was, you know, for some reason – like over a year ordeal for them. Like they couldn't come to, they couldn't come to that agreement. They like, for some reason, soap opera. like, yeah, it was just a soap opera. I mean, you, no, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. It was such a soap opera and they could not come to the conclusion. Like, like, Oh, we have a, we have a really good quarterback on our hands, but Russell Wilson could be a good option. No, you have a guy, you have a guy pay him. Like, like I, I I'm just like, but that much, but that much, I mean, listen, the cap's going, the cap is actually going up though. I think it's going to be going up, you know, possibly like, you know, maybe 70 million or so, you know, yeah. within, that, within the next couple of years, a 40 million, con- 40, $40 million contract for a quarterback. They might be thinking may not be too irrational within that, within that amount of time. 75 million first year though. I don't know, man. You know, it's, it's a lot. And, and I mean, especially after guarantee, it's especially a big guarantee off a, for him coming off that leg injury. That's a lot to have a guy mm-hmm. deal with. Uh, but you know, but I mean, you know, Jerry, Jerry is going to stick his neck out for these, for, for this guy. And, you know, he's proving now that, that this is the guy he wants to roll forward with, you know, as he goes, as he, you know, likely, you know, approaches the end of his time as owner of the team. I mean, he's an older guy now, you know, yeah. he'll probably pass off the ownership at some point to someone in his family, his son. you know, and yeah, to his son or whoever it is, whoever it will be now. And he's proving that he wants th- that he, that he, and I'm, you know, I find, I'm actually glad that he's able to finally commit to a guy instead of instead of putting Dak on this kind of, you know, roller coaster ride. I mean, you know, it was ridiculous, like how they how they were treating it the entire time. That's All a right. good point. Anyone, anybody else who who lost? Who else lost? Yeah, Brian, who lost free agency? I mean, very clearly, I can't I can't look it over anything else. I mean, you know, the Cowboys didn't do didn't do too many great things either, but. You know, the Houston Texans have been falling apart at the goddamn seams. They don't know what the hell is going on there. I mean, they brought they bring in Tyrod Taylor to be to be the backup. But I think they brought in another guy, too, at quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I think they brought in another guy, too. Who did they bring in? They bring in Finley? I'm trying to think who they brought in. I'd have to take a look. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think they brought in two quarterbacks since then. They bring in they bring in Mark Ingram. They bring in. Trying to, I think they also brought in Duke Johnson, I believe, too. 
So they're bringing two running backs they're bring that aren't really even that high quality in names. I mean, I think David Johnson's still there. Uh, you know, they trade they trade uh, they trade D Hop. Will Fuller's going to the Miami Dolphins. Deshaun Watson, I I don't know what the I don't know what the hell is going on with these accusations. I don't want to make any I don't want to make any statement on them. If you know you know I'll let you know I all I can say is maybe let the legal process play out. Mm-hmm. You know, if let, and you know we'll go from there. So I I don't want to say anything on that. But you know they have a quarterback who's un, who's unhappy and is, and he's currently de- dealing with a situation that is very volatile. Uh, you know Jack Easterby, you know is become one of has become one of the most you know disliked figures I think in that in that state so far in all of Houston in yeah all in all of, in all of Houston I mean I mean I was seeing I was seeing uh I was seeing like you know COVID-19 things and it's and it's at this table is reserved for anybody but Jack Easterby due to COVID-19 restrictions <laughs> and like and like they're completely just you know you know they're completely just you know ransacking that team right now JJ Watt the golden boy who did so much for that city after Hurricane Harvey I mean I just remember all the money he raised to you know bring back to bring that city back from the brink and he he even had to look at himself in the mirror and just and just go, I can't do this anymore. I need to be I need to get the heck out of here. You know, the fact when that guy can't even take take the hostile situation there, it's mm-hmm. it's just a proven fact that this team is going to go down the tubes in record time. It is so bad there. And, you know, I feel like at this point you've got to get Deshaun out of there just to see that just to see whatever value you can get, because things are getting dark in Houston exceptionally quick. Now, you guys bring up some great – some two great uh, examples of complete losers of free agency, and especially especially <laughs> absolute, the Houston absolute, Texans. That team absolute, has been a – that team has been a sinking ship since – that team has been a sinking ship since, like, in the past couple of years. You know, they, they traded their, their, their number one wide receiver last year for a washed-up running back and not even a first-round pick. Would they get, like, a third and a fourth-round pick? I think it was a second in David Johnson. Now, yeah, they got that a second in David Johnson. Jeez. That being said, that being said, uh, the loser of free agency is the Green Bay Packers. And I'll tell you why. You know? Now, they didn't get any help for Aaron Rodgers. They lost their. They lost they, their. They did bring back Aaron Jones. They did bring back him, but you know, right? In terms but they of the overpaid for him, and they have AJ Dillon behind him, who could be like that passing the torch of passing the torch guy. And they didn't. They didn't get any anybody to help him. They lost their set. Their all pro center, David Bakhtiari, is coming off a torn ACL. All right, and now they restructured. They restructured his contra- uh, Aaron Rodgers' contract after free agency has been basically over. Like, mm-hmm. Will Fuller's already on a team. He's on the Dolphins. Kenny Galladay is already with the Giants. Juju's back with the Steelers. And they got nothing out of it. They got they nothing. Hilton. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, before the – like, in, in, uh, Aaron Rodgers, in the heat of the moment after this past AFC Championship game – he said, he said in, in the heat of the moment, and I honestly think the truth came out at this during this press conference, he said, a lot of the guys, their futures are uncertain, myself included. And then the next day, he when he was level-headed, he said, yeah, that meant nothing. Uh, yeah, BS. That's BS. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean. It definitely I mean, meant something. And worst yeah. of all, they brought back that burnt piece of, co- piece of toast, Kevin King. <laughs> that was I remember you posted saying LMAO. That was the cherry on top to the entire Packers free agency. 
Uh, you know, yeah. that completely just that what an that's gotta that's gotta really sting. I mean, to bring back him, I mean, you saw what he did in that entire AC championship game. I mean, Billy Cundiff, or actually I'll I'll say it, you know, the Bears kicker, Cody Parkey. You know, you know, I think has made every has made, you know, all but one kick in the NFL postseason. He misses one that technically was a blocked kick, double doink, and he's cut from a team. So yep. you have but you go out and you have that kind of a defensive performance. You let up those crucial touchdowns and you have the game ceiling penalty. And, and they go and, 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 the, and the team that and the team that you were on that that happened to you know, turns around and looks at you and goes, and goes, here's $6 million. Do you know what a dream world that is? Like I could never mess up that bad. And then someone say, all right, we're only going to give you $6 million. I would, <laughs> I mean, it did. I mean, we, I, yeah. that, that, that would be a fantasy world to me to be able to wake up in that. I mean, I could never imagine messing up I could never imagine like messing up a podcast or anything so bad, and then and then and then have Spotify and then Spotify go, all right, we'll give you a, a one million dollar contract to be exclusive with us. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like I could never imagine something like that. Right. You know they they did nothing to repair repair that defense, and honestly, they brought in a liability, and <laughs> they that whole it's it's just not this, you know. They need to get their stuff together and actually do something. Listen to Aaron Rodgers, or else he's gonna get, he's gonna request a trade just like Russell Wilson. Just like well, Russell Wilson hasn't yet, but they're it's headed in that direction. That's another possible loser of free agency. He's been asking for Seattle Antonio. Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I mean, for <laughs> he's gonna join Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson as players who want out of there. If he does, if the team doesn't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, just uh, the fact that you're bringing that guy back in and I don't know, it just shows that, I don't know, the fact that, you know, Green Bay just isn't willing to change. You know, Bill Belichick reaped what he, you know, basically reaped what he sowed because of, you know, the way that Brady, that Brady relationship ended. And he had to say, all right, I'm going to turn around the mirror and, I'm, and I have to make moves to make my team competitive again because, you know, the guy that did it for me for 20 years is now gone. The Packers have, have the the Packers have a real shot here to to correct that mistake, but they but they seem to be you know having the same blind spots that New England has had. Yep. Right. And I like when we say all these things about Aaron Rodgers, and we still haven't talked about the elephant in the room in Jordan Love. Like that still happened. Yeah, that you know, like that he's on the happen. clock and he knows it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just a whole massive just crapshoot down there yeah. and like it's amazing how that team has remained competitive for the past couple of years it really is and yeah. honestly i've said my stuff about aaron Rodgers, but hats off to him for yeah. being able to put it pull his pull his crap together and be able to to perform like this the past couple of years despite all of this you know I, I i have my issues with aaron Rodgers, um but regardless he's still he's still a great quarterback and the fact that he's been able to work through this like hats off to him Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, Devontae Adams obviously is a stud. I mean, you know, you know, my friend, you know, actually our friend Adam Pat Edwards, who is a who's a diehard Packers fan, he had he had some issues that with the fact that you know Rodgers would you know essentially get you know too comfortable throwing to Devontae and he became his only target. They have other guys there like Bob Tanyan who you know proved to be a really solid tight end for them last year. Uh, but you know, don't you it, dare say MVS. Oh, I was never gonna say MVS. Just that guy is hard. Yeah. 
That guy is a bona fide 50-50 guy. You hit, you throw, you huck up a deep ball to him. It's it's one of it's one of two things. He he's gonna catch it or he's gonna slit slide through his slippery, greasy, <laughs> poor greasy man's de- poor man's Des Bryant. Poor man's Des Bryant. No, he's faster than Des. I know. He's That's why than Des. And yeah, but yeah, but in terms of being a 50-50 guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least at least Dez had some amazing years. Yeah. Like if MVS caught like seventy five percent of the passes he was thrown to, then he would be probably somewhere close somewhere close to uh, Devonte Adams because he just catches these deep ball. I mean, probably di- different styles. Devonte Adams is more like a little everything. To, MVS is more of the type of Marquez Valdez Scantling is yeah. more of the guy where you just huck it up deep to him and he'll catch it. Although he only does that half about half the time. Yeah. But they do have Lazard. They have they do have Scantling, although you know, and they guys. have a running back to throw to. But at the same time, they certainly need more. I don't think Alan Lazard is a real number two. No. Mm-hmm. Now that'll be it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out us check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also be sure to follow our Instagram at fumblebrewski underscore podcast. That is fumblebrewski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage of the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.